Christmas is in full swing in apartment 9. With the glistening tinsel on the trees, snowmen placed throughout the apartment, and garland wrapped in lights and ribbon, it looks like a winter wonderland. Alison walks out into the living room from the kitchen with a tray of wassail for Dylan and herself as they pour over DVDs. Here, Dylan. We could use a little pick-me-up as we box these old DVDs for the retirement home. Don't mind if I do. Thanks, girl. Dylan takes a swig and his eyes instantly enlarge. <laughs> Pretty sure there's more brandy than cider in there. <laughs> that reaction tells me I have just the right amount of brandy in it. Cam certainly had a great idea donating all these DVDs to the retirement home. Definitely. We don't need Blu-ray and DVD copies of the same title. In through the front door walks Cameron, holding some boxes. Hey guys, how's the boxing coming along? Going great, and it looks like you have enough boxes for us to finish up. Cameron places the boxes on the floor, then looks over the mail that came in that day. Have either of you seen my Nintendo subscription box? Nope, haven't seen it. Well, what's that next to you over there? Oh, there it is, yeah. I was just keeping it company for you. It looked all lonely. <laughs> Cameron picks up the box and opens it. Where, where's my Link cologne sample? It, it's the special gift this season. Cameron's nose catches a waft of the Link cologne. Dylan, are you wearing the cologne? Well, I've been wanting a new fragrance, so I decided to check this one out. Why didn't you just pick up something a little more on brand for you, like American Eagle or Patagonia or Axe Body Spray? What's the deal with subscription boxes anyways? Why spend money every month for some AI to make a decision for you? Mrs. Halverson lets herself into the apartment. Hey, you kiddos! And I agree with Allison. Mrs. H, do you even know what we were talking about? No, but I've learned to just agree with whomever seems to be winning an argument when I walk in here. <laughs> By the way, what were you talking about exactly? Oh, uh, you know, those theme subscription boxes. Oh my lanta, yes. In fact, me and Mr. Halverson have one of those Steak of the Month subscription boxes. <laughs> hey guys. Hey, Mrs. H. Bradley walks into the apartment. Mrs. H, do you have our mail? You betcha. Thankfully, it's the last time I have to check it for you guys. My debt to Dylan is paid. Oh, who are you kidding? You're still going to snoop our mail when something looks interesting. Mrs. H, why is this letter already opened? Oh, well, I was, uh, um, uh, you know, I was inspecting it for anthrax. You inspect our mail for anthrax? Why, sure. You never know when some unscrupulous villain is going to lace your letters with anthrax. So, I randomly inspect letters. Mm-hmm. But, Braddy, you're going to be so excited when you read what's in there. Ooh, maybe it's jury duty. <laughs> Why don't I just get you to tell me what it says? Bradley opens the letter, takes out what looks like a check, and proceeds to read the contents. You have $5,000 from your late grandmother's estate. And it says here that I need to spend it on something frivolous. That's fantastic, Braddy. Sure is. And there's a completely separate amount that's been placed into a trust for when I... Get married or retire, whichever one comes first. <laughs> well, that'll be retirement. <laughs> what I could do with five grand. Well, Dylan, what's the frivolous thing that you would buy? I'd buy... I'd buy five grand worth of Funko Pops. I'd get a nose job. Mrs. H? I'd complete my cheese head collection. I could finally buy the rare Monterey Jack Sparrow head. It's infused with rum. <laughs> well, I gotta get back down to the desk. I love looking at the ass of the UPS driver when he traps off packages. See ya, kiddos. 
What about you, Brad? Any ideas? I think I'm going to get something that I've wanted for a long time, but always put it off because, well, it's too decadent. Right, and Gaga's meat dress was really shocking. <laughs> well, Brad, what is it? I'm going to have my penis enlarged. Why? Oh, I'll tell you. Don't you dare. <laughs> Guys with a big package just have more confidence and get hit on more often. It's the same with big boobs on girls. Guys with big cocks and girls with big boobs don't know the struggle of being, well, not as well endowed. Isn't that right, Allie? I've been included in a bunch of different clips in my life, but none so insulting. There is nothing wrong with average sizes. Besides, that's why Vicky's invented the bombshell bra. While all that has been very enlightening, we really need to get back to packing up these DVDs for the retirement home. The residents are definitely going to increase the quality of what they are watching on their movie nights. And it looks like we have enough time to finish packing and get them to the home. I think I'm going to start picking out which penis I want. Cameron, Allison, and Dylan finish packing the boxes of DVDs and leave the apartment. Later that afternoon, Bradley has turned the living room into his own cosmetic surgery consultation room. One by one, he lays several penile enlargement designs out on the coffee table. After laying them out, he takes out his phone and places a FaceTime call. Well, hey Brad, what's up? Oh, I apologize ahead of time for the background noise. You see, I'm in the middle of a rail. Perfect. Just the environment to help me make this decision. I'm just gonna turn the camera around, and I want you to tell me which of these dicks would look best on me. Bradley flips the camera around. Hmm. The one on the far right. It is nicely hung, but might scare some of the guys away. <laughs> Noted. And then there's that one in the middle. Yeah, yeah, that one. It's long, but, hmm, too skinny. Okay, so I'll cross that one off. Let's see. That seventh one from the left on the side of the coffee table closest to you? See how it's girthy, but not too much? Hung, but not quite like a horse and about seven and a half inches? Ooh, is that the one? Yes, siree. Perfect. Uh, oh, Brad, I gotta go. It's my turn. <laughs> Cameron, Allison, and Dylan arrive back from the retirement home. Hey guys, how'd the drop-off go? Oh, well, the donation drop-off went all fine and good, but... But you accidentally donated some of Dylan's, <clears throat> videos? <laughs> but we were shocked at what we found there upon arrival. What, Mrs. Halverson volunteers there too? <laughs> no, but that's totally plausible. We were surprised at just how run down the place was. Not to the point it's deplorable, but it's it's dark and the residents don't look very happy. But who would, given those conditions? There was trash on the floor, unappetizing food, blinky, fluorescent lights, that killer with the scissors from Exorcist 3. What? Just seeing if you were paying attention. <laughs> Allison's exaggerating, but not by much. When I saw how the retirement home looked, I had so many questions. Like, how does a place get like that? What is the quality of life like for the residents? When is this story gonna end? Careful, Brad. You might be in one of those homes one day. Yeah, well, I... Hold that thought and trash it. 
Cameron walks over to the door and opens it. Oh, hey, you kids. So did he get all the DVDs donated? How was the place? Why does it look like I'm standing in the middle of a circle, jerk? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, those are mine, Mrs. H. I'm, uh, I'm having my penis enlarged. Is it also gonna come with a warning label? Some of those look like weapons. Well, for those of us gifted with such greatness, it is a weapon. A weapon of love. Oh, brother. Now there's gonna be two dickheads in here. <laughs> in answer to your first two questions, we did get the boxes of DVDs dropped off, but we were dumbfounded by the conditions of the place. Oh, that explains it. Explains what? What happened to Ingrid Klingenhafer, my late grandfather's lover who died? How'd she die? She was training for the Iron Woman competition. She was 91. You were saying that explains it? Oh, yeah. Ingrid used to always say that they would take bets on which ceiling tile would fall down and on whom. Okay, yeah. We need to do something about this place. I'm down. But what? We'll think of something. While you guys are doing that, I'll tell my doctor which penis I selected. next morning, all of our friends are sitting down to breakfast in the kitchen. I can't stop thinking about that place. Agreed. Same here. I mean, it's unfortunate, but not everyone is going to live in the villages or Boca when they retire. <laughs> we should do something to help. I like the direction we were going last night at dinner. I was thinking the same thing, but do you think we could? Why, sure. We have those Christmas bonuses coming in this week, and maybe we could even raise a little money around the building. Great idea. We could buy giant-ass TV for the rec room, patch holes in the walls, give them a fresh coat of paint. Buy some new light bulbs and maybe some slip covers for the furniture in the common areas. And just add a parquet floor while you're at it. <laughs> we weren't being funny, Brad. We really could do this stuff. Maybe Mrs. H could volunteer as an activities coordinator, too. Hey, kids. Mrs. Halverson lets herself into the apartment and is holding a delivery box. Is that addressed to me? You betcha. Bradley jumps up from his seat and runs over to Mrs. H. He takes the box and leaves the kitchen. So what are us girls chatting about this morning? We're developing a plan to help out that retirement home. Taking our bonuses and then raising some money in the building. And then paying to have some of the stuff improved over there. Oh my lanta! That sounds like gosh darn fun. Me and Mr. H will chip in too. Woo! Maybe I can volunteer there as an activities coordinator. <laughs> The kitchen door swings open, and Bradley, in an overt attempt at inconspicuousness, which, as we all know, just draws more attention to anyone, walks in. But he appears to have brought a new friend with him. A big old bulge. I hope that surgeon in your bedroom was board certified. Huh? Oh, this. Yeah, my plastic surgeon sent me a bunch of different dicks to try on for size. So is that the Dirk Diggler model? Speaking of which... For all of Boogie Night's provocative material, it is incredibly profound. Wait, is that really Marky Mark Schlong at the end of the film? I don't know. Why don't we ask the Schlongmeister over there? <laughs> I'm curious, Freddy. Does this one come with a warning label? Like, warning this may destroy your- Ah, stop. Come on, you guys. Have you ever wanted to change something about yourselves? Yes, but I can't say I've thought of anything so drastic and superficial. Superficial, huh? We'll just see about that. This is a power penis. I'm going to show you all by putting it to the test. And uh, how are you going to do that? I'm going to go to the gin joint and observe how guys react to it. 
I'm hypothesizing that guys will offer to buy me drinks and even attempt to pick me up. Speaking of buying, just how much is this alteration going to set you back? Exactly $5,000. The same as that money I'm supposed to spend. It's like it's a miracle. This isn't the resurrection, Brad. It's certainly not a miracle. (laughs) You say that now, but in a few hours, I may be Dylan's rival in this sordid apartment. Okay, I can take a hint. I'll go with you. Hell no. I want Mrs. H to accompany me. Me? Why me? Because I need to take someone that won't distract attention away from me. If Dylan goes, he'll steal all the guys. This is likely true. So by taking Mrs. H, I won't have to worry. Are you saying that men don't find me attractive? Well, this place is dimly lit, so... Well, about as dimly lit as your dim-witted idea. (laughs) This isn't going to work. The whole thing is absurd. Gay guys treat you differently when you have a big dick. It's no different than guys treating a woman differently when she has big titties. Well, in that case, maybe I will get drinks bought for me. (laughs) Fine, I'll go, but you're buying in case the guys aren't hooking onto your hung lure. Great. I think they're currently running a midday drink special since they're open in the afternoon for all the Christmas shoppers. Have time for another podcast and enjoy listening to two idiots discussing films? Then look no further. We are Movie Drone Podcast, two mates sitting down to discuss new releases, nostalgic films and anything and everything in between. He's Steve. And he's Mark. Together we answer listener questions and set each other homework, giving each other a film to watch that the other hasn't seen in the hope of unearthing hidden gems. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, as well as Google search us to find us on loads of different platforms. Or email moviedronepodcast at hotmail.com. I think that's all. No chance, mate. Huh? You've forgotten everyone's favourite feature, Mark's movie impressions. Oh, I'd hope you've forgotten it too, to be honest. No chance of that, mate. You think you should do one. I hate you. Come on, mate. Show them what you got. Oh, you're not fun. Oh, you're not fun. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> And if that hasn't put you off, give us a try. There's a small chance you won't regret it. Bradley and Mrs. Halverson arrive at the gin joint. Before entering, Bradley and Mrs. H are met with two sharply dressed bouncers. Welcome to the gin joint. Do you guys have a reservation? No, we're going to the bar. Just the two of yous? Yuppers? Actually, there are three of us, but they'll probably show their head later. (laughs) The gin joint is quite the swinging place, right out of 1920s Chicago. All that is missing is Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly. It's the kind of place where the bartender knows what you want simply by the look on your face, and you drop a 20 in a tip jar on the piano and say, you know what I want to hear. Bradley and Mrs. H approach the bar and are greeted by the sexy bartender. Welcome to the gin joint. First time here? Why, yes it is. How'd you know? I don't think I ever would have forgotten such a big... Oh, you're so sweet. ...brooch. <laughs> oh, that's so gish darn nice of you. What can I, uh, get you two to drink? Can you make a pink lady? For you, gorgeous. Anything. Oh, you do? You have a pink lady? Why, I haven't had a pink lady since I was entertaining the troops as part of the USO. There is no way that you're old enough to have been in the USO. Oh, you're too kind. Yeah, she was quite the showgirl in her days with the undercover socialist organization. (laughs) I'll have a brandy, Alexander. The bartender steps away to make the drinks. 
Look, there's a guy moving across the room heading directly for us. What did I tell ya? Only took a couple of minutes. The suave gentleman approaches Bradley and Mrs. H. His Italian cut suit gives him wonderful lines, and that V-shape is enough for anyone to drop their pants. Hi there, I'm Alexander. Can I buy you two a drink? Can I make it a double? We've already ordered our drinks, but thank you. Well, at least allow me to pay the bill. And would you like to join my friends and me at our table in the back? Ooh, my lanta, that sounds nice. We're just fine here at the bar, thanks. Mind if I join you two here at the bar? Tell me this, Alex. What first drew you to us? Definitely your personality and your sense of humor. <laughs> but how could you know anything about my sense of humor from across the room? Sure it wasn't something else like uh, my big package? Okay, you got me. That's what it was. Couldn't have been that I simply found your smile attractive. And with that, Alex returns to his table in the back. Way to go, bratty. You insulted the handsome gentleman. Ha! There's no way that he would have made a beeline for us if I hadn't had this big package. The bartender returns with the drinks. We'll take the check now, please. Yeah, it's already been taken care of. By whom? See that hot guy over there? The one with the Peaky Blinders haircut? Him. The guy and Bradley lock eyes. See, Mrs. H, this proves that guys with big dicks wield great power. If Allison would just show off her jugs, then she'd find that her titties are an untapped source of power, too. <laughs> Come on, dickhead, let's go so we can get some Christmas shopping in before we're heading home. Later on that evening, Dylan and Mrs. Allison are watching a Christmas cow. Have an extra shovel full of coal for the fire? We can't do the bookkeeping. Yeah, all of our pens have turned to inksicles. Yeah, our assets are frozen. How would the bookkeepers like to be suddenly... Unemployed! He 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 this is my island in the sun. Um, I believe you've convinced them once again, Mr. Scrooge. Allison and Cameron walk in through the front door. How was choir practice? Went great. I'm glad that Cameron convinced me to audition for his church's Christmas cantata this year. So, is the cockmeister around? Ew, I hate that word. Cack. Well, what do you call it? Heck, in the old country, we used to call it you-know-what, or eggplant, or what I call Mr. H. Daggy schlong. <laughs> this must have been really important to Bradley this whole time. Where is he, by the way? I thought you two were shopping together. Oh, I had to get away from him, gish, darn it. He was getting too annoying. That and he said he had his final consultation with a surgeon. Well, what was he doing that was so annoying? He was doing everything from trying on the tightest swimming trunks, leaving the dressing room door open enough to where the associate at Under Armour could see him in the mirror, to wearing a UPS parody graphic tee that had an arrow pointing down, stating, Tap. <laughs> oh, brother. He's more desperate than that wacky, waving, inflatable, flailing arms guy outside of a Jackson Hewitt. <laughs> Dylan, were you ever like this? When you got it, Flaunt it. Thank you, Max Bialystock. Seriously, though, it's a phase. Eventually, you learn that you have nothing to prove. And people just know when you're built like a champion, it's like a dick sense or something. <laughs> Bradley arrives at the apartment with many shopping bags. Ho, ho, ho! Santa has a big package for all the single bottoms and verses out there! The rest of the group simply rolls their eyes. How was your appointment? Well, I was so excited to finalize everything that I ran into the office and dropped my pants and said, I'm ready for my upgrade. 
how did the doctor respond to your uh, overt entrance? He said that you're probably looking for uh, Dr. Frankenfurter, but if you ever need a discount on auto insurance, to call him. <laughs> the following morning, Cameron, Allison, and Dylan are talking about what to do for their retirement home. So I got the price quotes on everything that we said we wanted to do. And how much does that come to? Well, I mean, we were fairly thrifty, so I imagine we did pretty good. Okay, so the 70-inch TV may be a little excessive, but... 10,000. <laughs> Guess we can get a smaller TV. It's not the TV, Cam. A lot of little things that just add up. How much do we have to spend? Well, between the three of us, the Halversons, and what we collected from the building, about 5,000. We're short five grand. I guess we can cut back on some stuff. I'm afraid that the shatsu massage chairs and the blow-up dolls have to go, Dylan. <laughs> Damn. Bradley walks into the kitchen and pours a cup of coffee. Morning, all. What are you guys up to? We're trying to figure out how to cut some of the items from the list of improvements that we want to give the retirement home a facelift. I know the best price doctors for facelifts. <laughs> Dressed in a pink furry bathrobe and hair up in curlers, Mrs. Halverson walks into the kitchen. Hey, you kiddos. Do I smell cinnamon rolls? No. Could I? <laughs> All right. Reluctantly, Cameron begins to make cinnamon rolls. How's the planning coming along? Not too good, Mrs. H. Not too good. We're short five grand for what we want to do. I'm sure it'll all work out. After all, it's Christmas time. Yeah, maybe, but unlike our government, we can't spend money we don't have. <laughs> I'm excited to start volunteering as the new recreation coordinator. From games to skits to life coaching to teaching them how to fold a fitted sheet, I'm going to brighten up their days, don't you know? How do you even have time for that? It's not much different from what I do for you kids. So I'll have a little more to do than I currently have. But it's for a good cause. And no one folds fitted sheets like me. This is true. I always know when you've surprised me with changing my sheets and making the bed. Same here. It's always delightful. Huh, you never change my sheets, Mrs. H. Oh, good I? I draw the line at sheets that look like a Jackson Pollock under a black light. <laughs> Okay, guys, we really need to finalize our decisions today so we can get the stuff ordered and installed. I just can't believe that there are retirement homes like that in the 21st century. Unfortunately, it seems as time's moved along that people have become more inwardly focused than they used to be. It's funny. Christmas reminds us of the joy of giving to others. Yeah, but a lot of that giving to others has devolved into giving to ourselves. Some people's giving is simply a thin veneer covering the fact that they actually want something in return. This reminds me of a story from back in the old country. This has anything to do with Santa gifting all the little boys and girls with pickled herring. Then we don't want to hear it. Okay. Well, how's about one dealing with reindeer? If we refuse, then are you just going to follow us around till we agree? Yes. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Heidi Hingerbluten lived on a reindeer ranch, and we were in the middle of a milk shortage. And Heidi only had enough milk for a single batch of Christmas cookies for her family. You see, the cows were on strike. <laughs> but one day, a jolly man with a snowy white beard and a red coat knocked on her door asking if he could have a cookie and a glass of milk. Heidi knew she only had enough for her family and told him that. The man said that if she were to bake him the cookies and pour him a glass of milk, that her refrigerator would be 
filled with plenty of milk to last all through Christmas and into the new year. So Heidi, against her better judgment, made him the cookies and poured him a glass of milk. Then he thanked her for her generosity and said for her to send her husband out back to milk the reindeer. <laughs> Heidi said it was no use. The jolly man said to believe in Christmas miracles. So Heidi sent her husband to milk the reindeer. Her husband returns with two buckets completely filled. Heidi asked if all of that came from their does, and her husband said no, that there were nine more reindeer all hitched up to a sleigh. The jolly man said that they were his reindeer, and they were all male. Heidi's husband said, oh, well, the buckets are full and the deer are happy. I'd be happy too. That is the stupidest story that I have ever heard. Wait, 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 there's more. You see, after the jolly man left, Heidi's dough produced enough milk to make it all the way through winter, because Heidi gave with her heart. You are not allowed to tell any more stories for the rest of the year. <laughs> Bradley gets up from the table and heads towards the door. Where are you going? I've got a little more shopping to do. Well, since you're going out, can you take this folder over to the retirement home so the manager can look over everything? It's on the way to the outlets, so sure. You know, keeping up with what's going on in the world can sometimes feel like more trouble than it's worth. There's so much information flying around, it's almost impossible to get anything of value out of it all. But that's what Assorted Goods is all about. Every episode, your host, Dan, me, takes the time to break down and dive into a collection of news stories and topics, big or small, past or present. It's a podcaster's journey to learn a little more about the world, one story at a time. So stop by, kick back, relax, and join me in my efforts to figure out some of the craziness, and maybe have a couple laughs along the way. Find Assorted Goods wherever you get your podcasts, and I'll see you there. Bradley arrives at the retirement home, and the administrative assistant at the front desk shows him to the director's office. On their way to the director's office, Bradley observes everything that everyone was talking about. He enters the director's office to find him with a desk full of papers and on the phone. Bradley takes a seat and the manager hangs up. Hi, what, what can I do for you? I'm just here to drop off this folder with all the renovations that the group from the Fairville building wants to sponsor. Oh, thank you guys so much. It's been so hard for me and the rest of the staff to get into the holiday spirit. What, with all the work this place needs? Forgive me for asking, but, uh... Why have you let this place run down so much? Oh, how I wish I could do more for the residents. But we operate at a loss every year. The Social Security and Medicare payments from the residents barely cover operating expenses, let alone improving the quality of life. So the staff and I are incredibly touched that you guys wanted to help make our Christmas warm and bright. I'm just the messenger, but uh, my roommates are spearheading this project. Well, tell your roommates thank you. Bradley looks down at the folder. You know what? I brought the wrong folder. I'll just, uh, I'll run back and get the, the right one. That will be just fine. Listen, I'm sorry. I really have to take this call. Thank you again. Bradley leaves the office. Later on that evening, Cameron, Allison, Dylan, and Mrs. Alverson are all sitting in the living room watching It's a Wonderful Life on TV. Each of them has a steamy, hot cup of cocoa, spiked, of course, and cookies. 
Christmas, you wonderful old building alone! Bradley then walks in from the front door. Where have you been? We were all supposed to watch this together. Oh, and it looks like you no longer have your little big friend there with you. Dude, you deflated. So what happened? When I saw how run down the retirement home was and how much the manager wished they could do more, I decided to donate my penis enlargement money to the retirement home so they can have everything done that you guys so graciously wanted to do to improve the quality of life for the residents. Wow, I'm, I'm genuinely shocked, Brad. Wow, um, I don't even have the words. Why the change of heart? I got so wrapped up in improving my quality of life that I forgot that I really am blessed with shelter and clothing and strength, a good job, wonderful friends. I guess I needed a little kick in the ass to shift my focus from me to others. I suppose something like this does make your dick seem rather small. Not too small. This penis enlargement business was incredibly vain and trivial compared to giving to others to embrace the joy of giving at Christmas. I'm really proud of you, Brad. Like, really. This just fills me with holly jolly holiday spirit. Hey, let's go down to the gin joint to sing some Christmas carols around the grand piano. Oh my lanta, that's a wonderful idea. Allison and I can even sing a duet. I suppose we've had one Christmas miracle, why not another? Hi there, this is Ryan L. Terry, the creator and writer-director of Forza Crowd. I want to personally thank you for being one of our valued listeners and fans. All of us at Forza Crowd absolutely love welcoming you into the living room of Apartment 9 and bringing laughter and heartwarming moments into your life. We are thrilled that you make time for our sitcom amidst the many podcasts that are likely part of your listening routine. While Christmas time is often filled with the hustle and bustle of shopping, baking, pageants, and hosting parties, Let's not forget that, like Scrooge, after that fateful night, we should honor Christmas in our hearts and try to keep it all the year. We should live in the past, present, and the yet to come. The spirits of all three should strive within all of us. Remember not to shut out the lessons that they teach. And now a few of our team members would like to share a special message with you. This is Cassandra, the voice of Allison, and I just wanted to wish our Four is a Crowd found family happy holidays and a happy new year. We look forward to having you join us again as season two continues. Hello everyone, it's me, The Vern. I'm the editor of Forza Crowd. I am the voice you don't hear, but I have a lot of fun putting these shows together. I want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. Hello, this is Josh Williams, who plays Dylan on Forza Crowd. I just want to take this time to wish y'all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. On behalf of all the cast and crew of Forza Crowd, Merry Christmas from our homes to yours. Today's episode, The Unexpected Package, was written and directed by R.L. Terry. Voicing our cast, Sean Perrette as Bradley, Jeff Feitner as Cameron, Cassandra Dodge as Allison, Donnie Roberts as Dylan, Linda Castro as Mrs. Halverson, and Paul Hawkins as the narrator. Guest starring Josh Williams as the retirement home manager. And special appearance by Dan Felton as Danny. Our theme song was written and recorded by Lana White and produced by Dave Anderson. Our producer is Danielle Meskel, our editor is Jason Laverne Hemming, and our marketing manager is Brittany Close. Connect with us on social media and support the show by visiting our Patreon or coffee pages. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for dropping in. See you next time in Apartment 9. One, two, three, four,